flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, you can trim those holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, y'all. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Thomas Island audience. If you use our code, TAMA, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure your balls are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped has all the tools to get you spring ready. Have you heard about the Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. There's no more gross nose hairs flying off into the wind. Plus, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making it easier than ever to whack your weeds and also to make sure that you have the most confidence while also providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial for your ball to stop sticking to your leg. I use it. It's great, especially as the summertime gets swampier. If you go to manscaped.com right now and use the code TAMA, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Use the code T-A-M-A for free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. Manscaped, shave your balls. Guys, we dropped our summer collection right now. July 4th weekend is out now on tamasisland.com. Calm. That's tank tops, hats, board shorts. We got your summer needs right here, right now on thomasisland.com. Ross, tell them what they need to go get. That's right. If you head over to thomasisland.com right now, you can get tank tops. We got blue. We got green. We got pink. We got all kinds of colors to switch up your wardrobe. We got hats. We got shorts. We got all kinds of merch coming your way. thomasisland.com. Get it now because it is not going to last long. That's right. That's right, Ross. It is not going to last long. This is a limited edition 2020 summer. Okay? 2020 summer. Your collection, yours, you can have it right now on thomasisland.com. You need to switch up your wardrobe. There's too much black going on. You need to put a little life into your wardrobe right now with some color, some vibrant colors to liven up your livelihood, okay? That's thomasisland.com. Grab your summer gear, summer collection. Go right now, thomasisland.com. And welcome back to another episode here on Tama's Island. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for making last week's debut a successful one. It was great. We appreciate you guys joining us, listening in. Ross, talk to me, Daddy. Hey, Tama. How are you doing today, Tama? Very good. How's you? I'm doing great. I've been I've been just kind of very humbled and grateful for the the response we've been getting for that first week of the podcast. Yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a good time. Before we uh, before we get into this week's episode, we got some house cleaning to do. As you know, if you listened last week, you know that we're going to talk about the current events. We got some news we're going to be talking about. We're also going to be talking about Thomas' time as a uh, young lion in the New Japan Dojo, as well as some of his time before the New Japan Dojo when he was going through the uh, the struggle that made him Tama Tonga. Uh, fans who subscribe to the Thomas Island Patreon tourist tier or above have already heard the subject of the week. You get to hear the subject of the week a week early if you go over to t- patreon.com slash Thomas Island, subscribe to the tourist tier or above, and you get, uh, you get to hear it a week early. After, uh, 
after the subject of the week, we're going to hear from some of the islanders from Thomas Island uh, as they were able to ask Thomas some questions during our usual happy hour hangout mm -hmm. in Zoom. Again, if you want to participate in Thomas' happy hour hangout or you want to get the, uh, the early version of the weekly episode of Thomas Island, uh, go over to patreon.com slash Thomas Island and subscribe. You'll have a chance to appear in the happy hour. You'll be able to listen to the episode. You'll be able to ask Thomas some questions and uh, if we like your questions enough, they'll end up in the in the free episode that you get every Monday. And that's what you're listening to now. The happy hours, they could not be more fun. I've been having a blast. Tama, what do you think? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I've been having a great time. I think everybody's been uh, excited about those meetups on Fridays. And uh, I like to see on social media the, the classes, the 5 p.m. classes. You see the fans talking about it in the 6 p.m. classes, how much fun they've had. And uh, I myself, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So uh, help us help you guys make this a better uh, environment for uh, community for everybody. Exactly. You know? And it's been, it's been an amazing community the past few weeks in the happy mm -hmm. hour hangout. We really, I, I can't stress enough how much fun it is to come in there, hang out and listen to Tama get, you've been getting real deep in the happy oh, hour. Oh man. Uh, that's happy hour hangouts. I mean, uh, yeah. Deep dives, about, man on everybody. Talk about, <laughs> talk about your money's worth. You really do get just everything, everything <laughs> on Tom's mind. Uh, and then some, we talk aliens, we talk ghosts, we talk whatever, <laughs> whatever you need to. It's a fun, fun time. Um, before, before we get into things, this is a good time for me to let you know that if, if you're enjoying this podcast and you really like what me and Tom are doing, please head on over to iTunes, rate it, review it, and subscribe to it. Uh, we're going to actually be, uh, we're going to be giving out some prizes if you rate and subscribe. All you have to do is head on over. If you're mm -hmm. already a Patreon member, head on over to iTunes, rate, review, give us a five-star rating and a real good review. Send a screenshot to tomatongapatreon at gmail.com, and we're going to pick two fans that are going to get some very, very special prizes. We will That's be picking, right. We'll be picking the first prizes next week. We're going to uh, even open it up to everyone for a third prize if need be. I mean, you, you really, you don't know what you're going to be able to, to get, but it's going to be some, some real good stuff. We got also, good stuff to give away, baby. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. We've also launched Thomas uh, Island private Facebook group for fans who join on the, the Patreon. If you're at the tourist level of, uh, or above on uh, Thomas Island Patreon, you are, have access to that private Facebook group. It's another place where we've been brainstorming, dropping memes, sharing some stories, and just Overall, building that that community. Have you been uh, you been hanging out in the Facebook group, Tama? I have, I have. You know, I like to post some things in there, to ask questions too to the fans. Um, I've seen a lot of people post up some you know current events that's been happening and yep. uh, news, and I interact. You know, we we do a lot of interacting in there, and I put some contents that that I don't put out anywhere else. You know, especially like the stories that we have uh, on this podcast. Um, I take pictures. And, and put them over there mm -hmm. and i don't post that on on any of the social uh platforms so it's nice it's very oh, yeah. cool very uh it's a, it's a uh, secluded club <laughs> in there right it's thomas yeah. island uh group chat in there, so it's great it's, it's great. our private little appendix for this mm -hmm. uh, if, it, when you hear about tama getting taken to court for uh bullet being a, in, for the bullet <laughs> club bootlegs we have that video up in the facebook group like you said he's got right. photos he's been posting uh we've we've got uh just a lot of fun stuff hanging out in there and like you said we talk about current events, which we're going to do after one last plug. I promise, listeners, I promise. We just got one more plug, and then we're going to start talking about some news. Because uh -huh. if you uh, have been listening, or you know that uh, Tama has launched a lapelier.com. If you go over to lapelier.com, right. you can get the Tama's Island t-shirt. It looks real good. It's made of some real fine material. You also get an OG 7th anniversary shirt. 
and a limited edition poster. Tama, tell us about this beautiful metallic poster. Now, this is only something that we're doing on a limited run. So uh, since it was my seventh year with uh, Bullet Club, it is a limited gold uh, metallic print. And I will be signing it also. So we're only printing 25. And then next year, I mean, once those are gone, they're gone. And next year, we'll have a new style uh, metallic. Every year that I'm in Bullet Club, we're doing something special for the fans. So now it's only available now for another week. Okay, everyone, everything that's on lapelia.com is only available for another week. We opened it up for uh, May 3rd weekend for Bullet Club anniversary. And usually we only keep this for the, for the uh, Islanders, anybody who's on our uh, Thomas Island Patreon. But we opened it for the public for just, what, this is, our last, this is going on our 10th day, 10th day I think. I believe so, so yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, we're going to close it up here this week. Awesome. So, Go in there and get their uh, uh, merchandise, and let's rock and roll. Hell yeah. And it's like he said, you have one more week, and then it's gone. You're not going to be able to get this again. There's only 25 posters, and then they're gone until next year. So get them now. Head over to lapelya.com. Whew. That was a lot of housekeeping, Tom. Yeah, man. That was I'm a lot. over here, bro. <laughs> Been running through all this copy. Uh, now, now we finally get to have a conversation. Now we get to chat, Tama, because it's been a big week. Uh, as mm -hmm. you know, WWE just finished up uh, their Money in the Bank Climb the Corporate Ladder match last night where they had 12 uh -huh. superstars fight throughout WWE headquarters at a chance for, uh, for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Did you see, yes. did you see this? Uh, this I saw little, little bits of it. Now, you know, I was at, uh, I was at my mom's house for Mother's Day, so I, I was uh, a little busy. Mm -hmm. But I, I caught up. I'll catch snippets here and there, sign in and, and check that out. But uh, I want you to tell me about it. Talk to me about it. What you, it, what's your thoughts and what do you think of it? It was a, it was a wild ride. They had the, the, the women starting in the lobby for their money mm -hmm. in the bank ladder match. And everyone was on the ground floor except Asuka, who did this beautiful dive off of a balcony to kind of get things started. You had uh, all of the six men's competitors in the, like, if you've ever seen Vince McMahon work out his personal gym that's in WWE headquarters, that's, mm -hmm. where they, that's where they started. They were breaking mirrors. They were throwing each other into weights. At one point, mm -hmm. I believe it was Otis pinned AJ Styles underneath a, a barbell. Just some real, some real interesting stuff. We got cameos from Brother Love, Doink the Clown, Vince McMahon, and a bottle of Purell showed up at one point when AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan crashed his office. Mm -hmm. And they all... They all fought up to the roof where Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off of the roof. Did you see this? Two men were thrown no. off a roof last night. No. One, no. <laughs> one a legend. The other one, Aleister Black, who, while not a legend yet, is clearly a legend in the making. Uh, uh -huh. what, what do you think of WWE throwing not one but two men off the roof in their Money in the Bank match? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's WWE for you. Now, right. see, I, I seen the, I seen who won it. I seen how he won it, mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't want to give that away yet. To uh, I want you to talk, you know, tell me okay. more about this. Okay, I will. I, I will, we we have to it, obviously. If there are listeners who haven't seen Money in the Bank yet, mm -hmm. just skip ahead a few minutes. This is a spoiler warning. But the winners yeah. are the women's Money in the Bank match was won by Oscar. Yeah. The men's Money in the Bank match was won by Otis. Otis. Yeah. Otis in the Bank, which I'm I'm huge for. I love Oscar. I yeah. love Otis. I think they're two of the most popular people in this kind of empty arena era of WWE. Yeah. And so to see them rewarded for their hard work is, is pretty now, I saw great. How, I saw how uh, Otis won it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, was that interesting? It was. I mean, he, he didn't climb the ladder. <laughs> no, it because AJ Styles seemed to get the ladder. Or he, AJ Styles was on the ladder. He seemed to fumble with the briefcase as he pulled uh-huh. it off. He dropped it and it landed in Otis's uh, waiting arms. Uh, and so now. <laughs> Otis, not only did he win uh, the affection of Mandy Rose at WrestleMania, but now he's the Money in the Bank uh, winner. He's having a pretty good year. I mean, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think well, of uh, it? You know, are you an Otis I, fan? I mean, I, I don't know. Sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, mean, he's got a gimmick going on, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he seems to be on a roll right now. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, now, was it? Was the, was this what you thought it was going to be? No. Uh, no? I don't, no. Well, because and, and it, it's not WWE's fault. There was a lot of speculation and there was a lot of conjecture about the idea that this was going to be a Money in the Bank ladder match that took place throughout the entire pay-per-view and they were uh-huh. kind of going back to it. Yeah. And so that was what I think me and a lot of fans were expecting. And that's not what yeah. they did. They just did both matches at once in a big, I want to say like 30 to 45 minute chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't quite as like avant-garde as the, the Firefly Funhouse or yeah. Boneyard match, but it, it still had, I mean, just seeing Vince McMahon use a bottle of Perel at one point was, was enough of a, a pop for me to, to save the whole thing. And then the whole, I mean, the whole show was only two and a half hours, one of the shortest WWE main roster pay-per-views of probably the past year. And so that, that added to it. Um, gotcha. I, I had a blast, but uh, it wasn't just a Money in the Bank match. They had plenty of other matches in an empty arena setting, and it's it's sounding like WWE isn't the only company that's looking into doing some empty arena matches. Uh, there that's is some, right. according to the uh, Wrestling Observer, there is talks of New Japan Pro Wrestling considering doing empty arena shows in Japan. They've obviously already canceled the New Japan Cup, the uh, Best of Super Juniors has been suspended, and so mm-hmm. it does seem like the, the New Japan officials look like they're asking themselves, where, when do we come back? How do we come back? How would you feel, Tama, as, as a stalwart of New Japan, having come back and do an, an empty arena show? Well, now that things are starting to slow down mm-hmm. um, and open back up, uh, we, have to, we have to adapt and, and put on a show. You know, mm-hmm. some way, somehow, money, money has, there's got to be some kind of income coming in or else we, us as a company won't last long. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I agree with it. Now that things are starting to lift mm-hmm. and uh, so, yeah, how, how we do it, I don't know yet, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's the real, I don't know, because New Japan, you, you have such a, such a, well, in all wrestling, the crowd is so important. But with New, yeah. with New Japan, there is like this, like you always say, there's this familial atmosphere in New mm-hmm. Japan. It, it really feels like the wrestlers, the audience, everyone is this, this big, happy family. How, how, do you feel, how do you feel like new, uh, empty arena wrestling would change the way New Japan kind of operates? Do you, think it would, uh, do you think it would be hard or easy to adapt to? Mm. Uh, whew. You know, I don't know be honest because at the same time the fans over there are different right they stay mm-hmm. quiet until you match but mm-hmm. at the same time they give you us performers still have to um they give us an energy you know uh to the way we perform so i, I have to check it out first see how it goes and and then you know uh when i was driving back here to my house today mm-hmm. i was thinking of that how would i how would i perform in an empty ring It'd be like 
if it was we were practicing and i thought about that when we used to practice a dojo it was just mm-hmm. us there was no fans there's no nothing you just so it'll be a little it'll be different you mm-hmm. know and how would i how would i perform do i because i like to play to crowds and i like to pop the crowd and i like to uh but would i be looking at the camera more, more often this time would i be you know playing straight to the camera and and because in japan is I play to a crowd. We don't, yeah. we don't worry about camera uh, positioning like, like uh, the companies out here in America. You know, mm. we, they let us freestyle our our way. So, um, huh? That is a that's a it's a tough one. But let's try. Let's see. Let's let's see what happens. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Let's see what we can do. Now the subject of this week, Ross, we're gonna get we're gonna get juicy on this. All right, we're gonna start at the beginning. Juice Ooh. is my time in the New Japan Dojo. Ooh. All right, so we're gonna talk some dojo stories. We're gonna talk the beginning, how I got there, the end, whichever way you wanna go route. Take I'm, me that route. I'm ready to take you that route. I feel like the best place to start would probably be right at the beginning. Tama, um, when, who, who first brings the New Japan Dojo to your attention? Is this something that comes to your attention when you, you find out that you have to go through it to get into New Japan? Or is this just something you hear about from connections or, uh, or however? Yeah, I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah I, didn't, yeah, I didn't know anything about New Japan, New Japan Dojo, nothing. I, I was just trying to uh, get into wrestling and now through the american wrestling okay so you're, you were trying to get into into wrestling in america and then through that you end up mm-hmm. it, how, how, okay so then let's 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 go let's let's start with right who directs you towards new japan my father did okay so that's yeah, my father that's, did yeah that's yeah okay. he um he wanted he actually wanted my brother and i to both go he, okay. he wanted us to start in new japan and come up their system because that's how he started and he okay. felt that would build a better foundation for us as pro wrestlers mm-hmm. i didn't know what he meant back then yeah i had no clue i was just like what does that mean you know i i want to get to wwe you yeah. know this that's where the, we thought you know the, the goal is get to the top of wwe send me there and, and uh, you you and you and tonga tried out for wwe at one point didn't you didn't yeah you yeah we, we both tried out and he got picked up and i didn't yeah. Okay. What, so what that, was the what was the WWE tryout like back then? Oof. Um, we did it at um, 
they had a place out in Tampa when it was FCW. Okay, yeah. So the Florida, yeah. the old Florida Championship Wrestling. Like, yeah. Where was it? Where is the the old warehouse? I think. Old warehouse. Yeah, we, we went, went there. there, and uh, we we tried it out. My my pops was against it. He didn't want yeah. us to go. Yeah. Why, but why um, didn't he want you to go to WWE? He didn't want us to start there. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wanted us to start in Japan. Um, okay. And because he felt, he he knew he knew that it's harder to if you came up developmental mm-hmm. um, system that it was harder for you to find some some work if you didn't come up if you had like after you were done with WWE you know if, the, if okay. some way somehow you fell out you were done mm-hmm. it w- would be harder for you now if you had started somewhere in New Japan there's a different way of system of coming up at least you have some credibility and you they know you there they'll keep you there and you came here with at least you knew how to handle yourself out here in, in the indies you know so he he wanted to go there but the, another guy that helped train my brother and I with my pop was um Ricky Santana and he okay. had connected to WWE he him and John Lore and I just knew each other okay and so that's how we got that tryout okay and so and so you 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 do the tryout uh Tonga gets picked up you don't get picked up is this yeah. when is this when your dad sort of points you in the direction of New Japan and sort of starts really like, cause it sounds like he'd been bringing it up before, but is this when he starts like shoving you towards the, the, the nah, man, I, you know what? Let's, let's, let's go deep, bro. I'm, I'm going to fill you in, in between, you know? Right, so go deep. Yeah, bro. So like, um, my brother gets picked up, mm-hmm. you know, they tell me that I'm not big enough. You know, I was only like 180, you know, uh-huh. but I was ripped, really ripped, you know? Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'll put on some weight. So for six months, yeah, this was 2008 to 2009. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I ate and ate and ate and worked out and I, I put on like 30 pounds, you know, wow. well, it was well, hard was, for me to move. You know, well, <laughs> then what, was I, like, what was your main like bulk up meal at this time? What was, what were you really kind of hammering down? Anything that can go in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> The old- that is sound like uh <laughs> no but I, no, I get what you mean it's like the old uh, that's what the she old, said <laughs> the old doctor it's the old dr nick uh, diet from yeah. the Simpsons. If, if the sheet turns clear it's yeah your, it's your route to putting on the pounds <laughs> yeah i had i had uh, um and after that six months i i tried again mm-hmm. i went and tried it out again and they said no you're just not what we're looking for Oh. that shit hurt Ooh, i was yeah. like i didn't know what to do then so um for like another year for that 2009 year i just i try to do small independent um alpha uh pops had came down to florida moved his operation down to florida for wxw and i just started working for him doing shots here and there trying to get experience and then i hurt like i got hurt and so i was like sidelined for like six months and it was it was a it was a real tough one because I didn't know which way to go, yeah. you know. I, I still didn't know about New Japan. Okay, so you're st- it's still just this dark night of the soul where like yeah. WWE has said you're not what we need. You're you're yeah. putting on weight. You're, yeah. you're injured. You're hurt. You're like what's your, what's your mindset like at this? Ah, uh, it, it was depressing. Yeah, because at the you know you gotta remember at the time, like we were going through the financial um, recession. That's so right. I, it was like everything jobs and everything was like bad i didn't have no money none i had a so i had when i came out of the military i went into car sales and that was okay but when i decided to my brother and i decided to go into wrestling we quit that 
uh, he had a, like a media job. And then we went into car washing because that was the only job flexible for us to do wrestling, working out, had, you know, that kind of flexibility. Mm-hmm. But during that recession time, ain't nobody wanted to wash their cars. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, that was, <laughs> that's a, that was a, a do-at-home job back yeah, then. Yeah, you know, so... Like, so I had no money, no nothing. Like, couldn't even pay my rent. It was like a, shoot, I'm about to take you even deeper. Brain. <laughs> we, we went, we had, this is how bad it was, man. Um, we had no money. Like, finally, I just, I left my apartment, you know, didn't, couldn't pay for it. So I just, most of the time, I just slept in my, in my, in my vehicle. Oh. So, yeah. So, and then make it to wrestling training, mm-hmm. workout. The only two thing I had, two things I had was, was, wrestling training and and uh and the gym so that was the only thing i could afford and that was the only thing i would put my money to i just figured i'd take a shower at the gym and then you know get in the car and wherever i needed to go work if i could and so yeah it was a it was a real tough time especially wanting to be a wrestler at that that time it was mm-hmm. like you want to be a wrestler at the time that the whole you know america is doing bad you know money yeah. ones no, yeah, no, that was a, it was, a, it was a weird time. What kind of, what car were you driving? Or, well, I mean, what kind of car were you living out of at the time? Uh, I had a, yeah, I had a Forerunner. I had a, okay. I had a, I had a two thousand, um, two thousand Limited Forerunner. I had about okay. years. It was my favorite car, man. My favorite car. Forerunners were good. Those were good. Yeah, man. I, I friend of those. that car. Slept in it. Everything. Wow. Everything I, you know, um, it was so bad. One of the guys that I had. Uh, this is another story. One of the guys I had um, that my, my, one of my really good friends, we worked together. We were doing a car wash. Mm-hmm. We we couldn't afford because no money was coming in. We couldn't afford to stay anywhere. So he used to have a house. He used to be married. Okay. Had a house. And then uh, they got divorced. She kept the house and he moved out. She ended up marrying somebody else, but they couldn't. They, the house got foreclosed during their time. Yeah. Yep. They, you know, a lot of houses were getting foreclosed at that time. Yep. So me and him broke back, broke into his his foreclosed house. Wow. Squatting in there <laughs> for months, and uh, yeah, but you know, we we were able to like put our money together to turn on electricity. So they turned <laughs> the people turned it on, but like we squatted there for months, man. I slept on the floor when I wasn't sleeping sleeping in my car, you know, trying to trying to make it, and uh, mm-hmm. ooh, it was a tough time, man, but. The goal, the goal of being a wrestler was still there, you know, uh, at the time I was trying to recover and get back in the indie scene. All right. So you're, you're, you're living out of your car. Now you've broken into a foreclosed home and are living out of a foreclosed home. What, <laughs> where, what, what happens next? I mean, this is, it's one of those, it's kind of, it's, it, I don't, it's not like, it's like Joe Dirt. It's one of those stories where it's like, I, I want to get us to New Japan, but I also yeah. want to know what the hell happened next. Um, New, New like, Japan was so far away from me now that yeah. I, it was just like in another country and I couldn't even get to another town in my car. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, and I was just like, oh, shoot. And I, so I was just trying to like get by mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll wrestle here and there. Who, um, who were the who were the people that were really kind of taking chances on you when you were uh when you, I mean, you were living the, out the only like, one i had you know I was, at the time i was training so uh at team 3d and also at, at pops uh wxw uh wrestling promotion so it was training one place or two places and then the my only independent uh experience was wrestling for pops on weekends yeah so 
I did that for all of 2009. Mm -hmm. And then um, finally, uh, my, my friend, uh, good friend, family friend, Ricky Santana, the one that connected uh, my brother to WWE or us to that tryout, he had, he had connect to um, uh, WWC, World Wrestling okay. Council. With, the Puerto Rican. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they said they'll take me in and, and I'll, I'll go wrestle there for, I don't know how long. Nothing, you know, there was no plan. I was just yeah. going to go out there and see what happens. Okay. So I went out there and I lived with, um, <laughs> lived with Aaron Stevens. Who was okay. Idol, Idol Stevens, right, yeah. at the time. Um, I lived with him and Sean Spears. Who... Okay, so you lived with Damian Sandow and, uh, and Sean Spears, former Ty Dillinger, in, in Puerto Rico. Working, in Puerto we, Rico. the loans, right? And so it's... Yeah, and we, man, you know, we were, we were in this small little bedroom. It was like a one... It was, like, it was just... Everything was in one spot. Mm-hmm. Like the kitchen, the bathroom, the, the shower, everything, and three beds inside. I was... It was the smallest room with three guys, three, two big guys. I was the smallest yeah. one, you know. I was gonna say these are not small men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just one open area. That was it. There was no nobody had their own room or nothing, and we yes. were just in the middle of it. And you had to cook in front of everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't say shower. Shower was the only place you could kind of go in and up with a bathroom and have your own privacy. But that was it. Oof. Your luggage, your everything was right there with, on top of all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's how I met those two. And sure, I was there 2000, the beginning of 2010. And then Sean Spears, he dipped out. Dillinger dipped out. And mm-hmm. it was just me and uh, Idol. It, it was called, he just sent me a picture the other day <laughs> uh, recently. I guess he was over there. There's, there's the hotel is called Dahlia. D-A-L-I-A, Dahlia. Okay. And now, like, if you were a wrestler, you know this because you've been you stay there. That's where they like, uh, book you and stuff okay. for, for if you, especially if you're a nobody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and, oh man, like we never, our doors, you couldn't lock it. You couldn't, uh-huh. there was like, anybody could have robbed us, but we ain't had nothing to rob. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So <laughs> I'm there, you know, that's the fast forward. So anyways, um, idol, he was, he was real good to me, man. He took care of me out there and he could tell I was fresh, fresh off the boat, man, green, mm-hmm. so green. And he taught, you know, he, he took, you know, led me and showed me a lot of places, gym and all that. And still didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we weren't even getting paid. Oh. And I, I, I used to go hustle at the beach in Isla Verde. You okay. know, yeah. What, what, <laughs> what was your main hustle on the beach? Uh, pick up girls and <laughs> have them cook me dinner. <laughs> good was, it's a very it, good hustle. <laughs> you know, it, that was the main thing. You know, I don't have like a little job where he put out like uh chairs out on the beach for the tourists. You know, he had a connect. So he got a little extra money. I had nothing. So mm-hmm. I lived off bread and eggs. And that was my main, main food for six months out there. Was it five months? Yeah. Yeah. Five months in Puerto Rico. I'm five months in Puerto bread, Rico. Bread, eggs, and and it sounds like it. Yeah, man. Bread and eggs and mayo was how to how to you know stay putting some calories in while I worked out. And then uh, so I was there five 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 months, and I remember I remember my dad calling me. Uh, we were coming back from um from a show. I think it was mm-hmm. like a Friday or Saturday night, 
and uh, fans were the ones giving us rise to our shows. <laughs> wow. Because, you yeah. know, fans and, man, I, I, you know, I still remember some of the um, wrestlers out there, BJ, they took care of me too, you know, when they could. And so uh, I always appreciated that. And I never forgot. Um, they, you know, I was on my way back from my mm -hmm. show and my pop called me and he's like, hey, you know, New Japan is ready for you now. They're going to take you. And I was like, hmm? You know, and I was like, uh, oh, wait. So, all right, yeah. So we just, you know, he's like, what do you want your name to be? And I was mm. like, uh, and at, at the time I was going, going as Tonga Jr. out in Puerto Rico because they just put me, because my dad, that was my pop's name mm. back when he used to wrestle back there in the 80s. Okay. 80s, yeah. So he's like, no, no. Um, he's the one who, so he gave me Tama Tonga, which was his name that Peter Maivia had given to him at his time working out in Hawaii for oh, his promotion. Okay. So, so, so yeah. that's, that's where, that's where the name comes. So the name is literally, it's your, it's, it's your father's name. Yeah. Given to him, you know, wow. by Peter Maivia, the rock's grandfather. I was going to so, say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a story to that, you know? So, um, it, it, yeah. So I, we got back to the hotel. I was <laughs> like, man, I'm gonna look up new Japan. So I looked it up <laughs> and I, you know, strong style. I was like, what the hell? I was okay. Like, oh, shit. So I called, I called my dad up and I was like, hey, man, I'm not ready for that. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, I, I had, what was it about, uh, what was it about the, the Google search or whatever that sort of, I, I YouTube it. I YouTube yeah. it and it was just, you know, th that was a level. It wasn't like Puerto Rico was still like freestyle. We get, I could get away with bullshit and, you know, okay. like, you, could, you could tell I was mean, but that, that was a high level. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I said to my pop, man, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know, and then boys were bringing it, you know, and, and, uh, I was like, I'm green, man. I, I haven't like, and he's like, look, you go over there. You don't worry about being green or nothing. You go there and beat the shit out of everybody. And I was like, what? And he's like, you go there and fucking beat the shit out of everybody. And I said, okay, all right. That's all I needed to hear. And uh, a month later, I was in Japan. Yeah. That's, that is, I mean, that, that, you don't, <laughs> you don't get a more like uh, Haku word of advice. All right, son, <laughs> put your hand on your shoulder. Go over there, beat the shit out of everybody. I love, I I love that. All right. So you, you fly, you fly over to Japan, you're getting, acclimated to the dojo what's your first sort of what's your first feeling when you get into that dojo and you start to see what this what this yeah, is a about? little nervous man i i came in and a uh, hattori he was like hey man hey there's another tongue in here man all right you you he a big kid he rugby player man you know him i was like no i don't know him i just got here <laughs> i haven't <laughs> met him yet he's like yeah man he's still dojo man. you you tell yeah you talk to him maybe you know him uh, so i <laughs> i get there and uh he's not you know He's talking about folly. Yeah. When I get there, he wasn't there. He um he had him and Yoshihashi had taken a walk somewhere to get you know get some uh, food. It was like nighttime, so it might have been dinner. So I get in there. I'm like, it's old man. It's the old dojo, and I'm like, man, this is it's kind of like how it is in the movies. You know, it's like a yeah. old <laughs> creek. And when you walked up the stairs, it was creaking. It's like uh -huh. a Japanese style house, you know, and and it. it, it it looked haunted, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I, just, 
from what I've read, people have died there. It's a, it's yeah, a so the, yeah, they got like a legend, like the people that owned before that, their kids or something like that died there. And, uh, yeah, this that's, that's a story too. So <laughs> yeah, hang on, no, no, hang on. You're, you're a podcaster now. If you, you can't yeah. skip over the ghost yeah, story. No, I, I yeah, that's a story too. We'll get that. Oh, I'm just letting okay. you know, Okay. <laughs> you know, put I'm, that in I'm, your books. I'm going to put that, I'm going to put a, put a pin in that for now. Yeah, but, man. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're in this, this possibly haunted house in Tokyo uh, yeah. being introduced to the new Japan dojo. So Tiger Hattori introduces you to who you now have learned is your cousin. You know, he didn't introduce me yet because okay. he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He just told me that there was another tongue in there. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, all right, cool. So I told you I left. I stayed there. And uh, it just, you know, it was different. But I was okay. I just kind of was just trying to figure things out. And uh, and I went upstairs, put all my stuff away, came down. And I waited until about like another hour and a half, two hours. I see these two guys. I was sitting in the kitchen. These two guys walked by. It was Fallen Yoshihashi. And then Fallen oh. saw me through the window. And he's like, Hey, Toko, you know, means brother in in uh in in tongue, and I was like, oh shoot, okay, all right, cool. You know, he came in, we you know we met, and uh, yeah, that was that was my first day. <laughs> History, right? The first day in the History. dojo, and you meet Fale. I mean, yeah. look oh, at yeah. you now. That, <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was. It, it was. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't mm-hmm. have nothing, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I'm, I'm a little like, I felt a little stranded. Because, because I didn't have connection to call, I didn't, couldn't call my family, nothing, you know. Yeah, you can't, and, get, uh, can't get online, can't, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can't even, I mean, you can't even pull up the translate if, if yeah, Wi Fi's yeah. not working. Yeah, so I, I remember my first day of training the next day. I, I, I had no clue how things were supposed to go, you mm-hmm. know. I just kind of just, I, I woke up, came down, I just sat there and uh, down at the bottom floor, and it was like, it might have been like, shoot I, I well i just stayed in my room because i was jet lag or like i woke up like early super early because of the time change and then i just kind of hung up upstairs until finally came back came in my room was like hey bro um jato's calling for you he wants you to come out there and train and i was like oh, okay cool and mm-hmm. yeah that first day was hell man yeah they, it, they, um, it, they knocked the crap out of you what, oh, what man, was it they, they had us running you know running and uh running the ropes running outside we were doing squats. We were doing sit-ups. I mean, a thousand squats. And then, and, oh, I was, that's. Anyone, did anyone puke? Was there any puking? Uh, you know, some of the young boys would puke. I never puked. Um, okay. Yeah. Hell no. Nah, not yet. Iron gut. <laughs> Iron gut. I respect Yeah, that. man. You know, I, you know, uh, I don't, there was times there where, you know, well, it was so hot, you know, um, Jada would close the damn windows and turn off the air and made uh-huh. us run the ropes run the oh. ring and so we were running there to the point where Fale passed out and I mm-hmm. was like getting loopy and I started shivering Fale started shivering we were like uh getting uh what's it called you know uh, uh dehydrated yeah dehydrated I mean, yeah heat stroke whatever I mean heat stroke and all that yeah so they sounds they like Jado locked y'all in an oven this is sadistic. yeah yeah and then they they dragged both of us out into the to the um into the main house and they threw ice on top of us on you know all over us and as we were like you know i remember my hand cramping up and i couldn't like oh man he yeah whoo it was tough man and that was my first introduction into new japan dojo and i was like oh shit okay all right you know so 
this is this is the, the good place to like lay it out. I want to slow it down now. Now that now that it's your first day, first week, whatever's over, and you're mm-hmm. you're starting to act, acclimate. Take the listeners through what the average day for a new Japan young boy would be like. We would wake up at seven seven a.m. seven a.m. and uh, clean the dojo. Okay. We would like clean the floors, uh, sweep the floors. Um, uh, wipe down the ring mm. from ropes to the mat wipe down the the uh, gym equipment mm. um, wipe down the, the main living room the kitchen uh, bathrooms where I had to be cleaned uh, any laundry uh, had to be folded for all the sample eyes were folded and then uh, shoot uh, eight o'clock mm. they start trickling in all the senpai all the older wrestlers start trickling in to come in and train and so uh every day had you had one um trainee who had to had to man the kitchen you know okay. or man the house while the other let's say other five trainees are in the dojo training okay so uh and every day was different trainee so we had a rotation throughout the whole week you know um so the guy in the, that was manning the, the house had to cook breakfast, uh, not breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and prepare dinner. And but they had he had to stay inside the dojo and man it. And so whenever the higher uh, senpais came in, mm-hmm. he would go. He would bring them whatever they needed. What he was catering to them always, twenty four seven. Anything needed laundry or folding, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, just be on on call. He was on call. 24 seven that day, that day. So, um, other guys, us, we would go train. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the beginning half of the dojo was all baby faces. Like all the higher senpais that came in the beginning half of the day mm-hmm. was all baby faces. Okay. Then the nighttime training was all heels. So they had to split like that. That's how you split kayfabe from the young boys. Um, especially ones that weren't smart to the game yet. Yeah. You know? yeah. Are there, I mean, are there a lot of those in the dojo or, or is it? Yeah. More? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like completely. Yeah. Uneasy. Yeah. But like, you know, that was how kayfabe was kept. They've held this since the beginning, you know? So, yeah. and that's just something that they keep. Um, so, yeah. Um, was there, was there any like, do cause like you all, like you said, you have, you've got to, you got to clean, you got to do the laundry, you got to work the kitchen. Was there any of like the sort of the, the duties that you felt like you really excel, like, like you knew that if, if I, when I get the, when I get to this duty, whether it's laundry, whether it's uh, cleaning the gym, whether it's cooking, that's the one where, you know, you're kind of like in your groove. No, no, no it's just no, all none, none of them was in my groove. That, the, the only thing that I had that I can honestly say is that, when it came to training, mm-hmm. because I grew up as an athlete, I played all sports, I was very competitive. Okay. So I was probably like, you know, and, and coming as a foreigner, mm-hmm. they don't expect much from you. So like, they just think, you know, I'm just here to train, which I was, I was only supposed to be there for three months and I was supposed to dip, you know, I was only in okay. for training. So, and, and then leave. Mm-hmm. So they didn't think, you know, I didn't have the, you know, I would help, but not as severe as the other Japanese young boys. And Fale, he did it all the way through because he spoke Japanese and he's lived in Japan at that time for 10 years already. 
you know, okay. he went to college there and played pro rugby. So they expected that from him. But for me, they were kind of more like, ah, oh, he's just a foreigner. He don't know, you know, and he, he won't be here long anyway. So, you know, so there was, there was things that I did do and there was things that I didn't do, you know, okay. especially like cooking and stuff. You had to know, I didn't know how to cook their stuff, you know, their stuff. Yeah. You know, so that was left for the boys that could read their ingredients and all that. Okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, what is it at the end of that three months that kind of keeps you around? You said you're only supposed to be there for three months just to just to train, and then yeah. what is um, it that flips the switch and keeps you in Japan? Well, well, so I did the the three months, and they they could see that when I get in the ring, because I think I was you know that I was very competitive. That I did work hard, mm-hmm. or you know, and I would you know, I've always liked lifting. So I would work out, I would do the training with them in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we go and everybody, usually when you're done, like around one or 2 PM, you go in your room and you chill out, right? Everybody. And that's, you're done for the day. Mm-hmm. Well, I come back out at 6 PM and work out and like really pump weights. Cause I, that was just my, mm-hmm. I was trying to get bigger. I, it stuck with me that you were, you were that, still in that WWE mindset. Of like, yeah. you know, I wasn't big enough. They told me it was what they needed. Yeah. I got to get swole. Yeah. You know, so I, I just, you know, I played sports my whole life. So I was really going to put in that work in that, in that gym. You know, mm-hmm. if this is what they needed, then I'm going to be that, you know. So, um, yeah, so after the three months, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I had done some road shows with them. Um, just still green, didn't have an arsenal or nothing. You know, I was just waiting around to be told what to do in the ring. I didn't have my own, like anything <laughs> I, I knew how to drop kick i knew how to i knew how to take moves really well because uh, my pop had me bumping since the first day mm-hmm. you know of training so um i was a very good base and uh yeah so after that three months they they came uh they said look you know we're gonna send you home but hattori was like i think you still need a little bit more experience a little bit more training you know so I said, uh, I got, you know, I said, okay, you know, why not, you know, I'll stay here another three months. And they're like, they asked me to stay another three months after I come back um, from taking a visit. Home. So I said, okay. So I came that three months and, uh, yeah, same thing. And they could tell I was progressing, you know, I was moving, you know, and I was, I still, they didn't know what to do with me really, uh, still yet. So, um, so I was still training and, and I was just, you know, jobbing out every match, you know, as, as long as I, I was putting the boys over selling and working on that. And then after that first, after that second uh, time training, you know, I was done. So I, I remember this. Goto had just, Goto had just came back from Mexico it was, it was kind of like his re-excursion short something to get experience and come back and they were going to like launch him, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, they put me with him mm-hmm. against, um, these, I forgot their name, uh, from independent contractors, you know, independent <laughs> talent. So, um, this was my last match. This, it was this pay-per-view and then the next, uh, and then the, next day I was flying home so I came up and uh <laughs> I we wrestled mm-hmm. I decided to do this dive over the top rope and uh yeah. and you know this guy I, I just didn't know any better and so 
I came up, I hit the rope. It was like the first minute and a half or two minutes of the match. I, I dove up over the top rope mm-hmm. and totally flew over the dude. Oh, no. So I flew over the dude. And he came, I had asked him to step, you know, don't stand so close to the rope because I yeah. go over the top rope, you know, yeah. and step back. Yeah. So I flew over him and I speared the ground like head first and oh. I hit him. I hit my head here, speared it right on the side of my head and then onto my top of my shoulder. So, and it knocked me out. Yeah. It knocked me out. And then uh, the next thing I remember was, uh, you know, I opened up my eyes and I'm looking at the ceiling. And Fale standing on top of me. And Fale was a young boy. He was doing the second stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and then all of a sudden, I could hear Uno standing next to him, pounding. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I was like, and Fale, I could hear Fale. He goes, bro, you okay? You okay? And, and I, so I tried to get up. Yeah. But I couldn't feel my right side. My, I had dislocated my, my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, think so. And I, like, I get myself up. And then... The guy is still laying next to me, even though I didn't touch him. Yeah, so I grabbed him. You know, I went to grab him with my right hand, but I couldn't pick up my right arm. Oh. You know, and I was like, so I grab him with my left. We get up, and I go throw him in, in the ring. And I go in, and as soon as we go in, it was supposed to be turned around, and I start taking the heat. Mm-hmm. So we throw in, and we change it, and I start taking the heat. So I was getting my ass beat for like, five seven minutes you know just bumping and selling with a dislocated dislocated shoulder you know and i had i was just like you know i was just taking it body slams clotheslines whatever they were feeding so um i remember they shot me that the turn back to where i touched goto for the comeback Mm -hmm. um somebody shot me to the corner and i was he came in charging i gave him the boots i turned around jumped to the top rope and i did like a torniju spin you know and (laughs) You're just jumping all over the place I, in this match. Yeah, and I freaking hit him. And I'm trying to, like, crawl over to Goto, you know, with my left hand, finally touch him, and then we go, everything, he came, his came back, da 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 and then I came back in for a little something, and then the match was over. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm supposed to, this is my last match. Uh, tomorrow I'm going home. So our trainer came out as we are in the locker room. They're taping me up, they're icing me up, and uh, our booker came up. And he was just checking on me, and he was like, uh, he asked the trainer, what, what happened? He goes, he dislocated his shoulder, his shoulder was done. And and uh, the booker looked at me, he's like, hey, Tama, don't worry, man. I said, you go home, recover, you come back, man. And I was like, I was like, and I was, I hadn't, I still was like oblivious mm-hmm. to like things, you know? And I was like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. Oh, man. I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm good. Yeah. He goes, and he kept looking, he goes, Tama, no, you, you're okay, man. I said, go home, recover, then you come back, man. And I was like, no, 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 I'm okay, you know. And and, I, and he kept looking at me, like, no, <laughs> relax, relax. And, you, and then he left. And I remember John Bernard, uh, Tenzai was right there. He was like, they were both looking at me, and he was looking at Gato. And then he, after Gato left, he looked at me. He's like, damn boy, I was like, you just earned everybody's respect back here. <laughs> and I was like. And I was still like, I was you're like, still like, what did I do? I just, I'm just ready to go. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm still oblivious, you know. I'm just like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good, you know. I'm good. I can go. I can go, you know. Take me up. I can go. And then the next day, I flew home, and I was at home for four months, mm-hmm. uh, recovering before I, I came back, and I was part of the roster. 
Wow. That's a, a tale of two injuries. You get, you get injured on the independence. You're sitting at home living in a yeah. foreclosed house. You head over to Japan. Yeah. Six months of training, you injure yourself and they're like, we're going to take care of you for the rest of your life. This yeah. Is amazing. yeah. You know, uh, was you, cause you mentioned, so you mentioned, uh, giant Bernard helping out or, or telling you you've earned people's respect. You mentioned how, uh, they put you with Goto was, Besides Giotto shutting all of the windows and, and sweating you all out, was there anyone else who was just really had, had like a, a, a sadistic flair for, for sort of hazing the young boys? Or, uh, or was it just kind of everyone, business as usual, you're going to get your ass kicked? Uh, I mean, there were some worse than others, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's just part of it. And, and you got to learn how to deal with that. I, it just, you know... Some, yeah. some, you know that's just that's just life i think you no know, yeah so. that's, that's why i framed it that way because it's yeah. not i'm not i'm not trying to make you go oh yeah no this guy tried to absolutely yeah uh, <laughs> you know just try i guess this guy tried to break my neck up no but like it, it you you hear the stories from the dojo of how, how yeah no you know the, the, it's Jado was the toughest trainer we had it we had yeah um and he was he was real tough but uh, like at the time we were cursing it but i look back now it's made me like it, it toughened me up it toughened folly up it made us like really you know stand in there that's our class was folly uh uh who's that time bomb evil uh desperado so that's that was yeah yeah so that you know when i look at that class i'm like man these are these are these are these boys here are hard knock boys you know they they can they can throw down you know so you know i'm, I'm very proud of that class and and our teacher so i believe man they're all st- you're all still kicking today and your teacher your teacher's gone from sweating you out to being your 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 number <laughs> yeah your man. Teacher, man i mean it's you and and uh and Giotto. yeah man so shoot man we went we dove deep oh man we like, you got me in this I'm, like you had me in the zone of like whew, i started we, to like that's what this is about it's your island this is your yeah man we deep diving and uh you know we're gonna i think that's a good point there to to leave the boy everybody uh you know wanting more huh because i would love to tell more of this i I I have so many puerto rico questions that we're gonna say oh yeah we're gonna do puerto rico all right we're gonna friday friday in the zoom we're gonna get that haunted house (laughs) for sure for sure and that's a wrap ross thank you very much you know this is just a small Small insight to the beginning of Tama Tonga in New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo life. There's more stories, more everything. Okay, now if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. But to Patreon.com/backslash Tama's Island. Okay, hit that subscribe button. Help us put more content. Answer some questions. Take some polls. You guys, let us know what you like to know. On these Friday sessions, okay? On these Friday sessions, I want to know everything. We're here for you. Let me help you. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney. All right. So I think I speak for everybody when we want to hear the ghost story. Yes. All right. Okay. The ghost story. Let me take a swig of this because that's, that's legit. That's real. All right. So I didn't believe in the whole, go- I mean, everybody always talks about it when you come into the dojo, you know, and it's just like, uh, there was this, this mother and daughter that lived here before and the daughter 
had passed away before Inoki had bought the building in 1972, right? Or, or whenever he bought that building. And it's been haunted ever since. Well, it, the, the, before the, the tsunami that hit in 2011, it was still that same building. So this happened in about 2010, 2011. And the room that I was in had, uh, there were, it was shared between, I had like, there were bunk beds, right? There was, I stayed in a bunk bed and it was three people that could stay in there. One bunk bed and then there was one single bed. But it was like, I mean, it was straight out of a fucking haunted house movie. The, the inside was so like old that there was a video there when they were renewing it where I, I was trying to, I was trying to show off. And Tana and the camera people had came in and I went to go, yeah, this room is so old. And I went to go put my hand on a wall and my hand fell through the wall. I just broke through it. That's how old it was. That's how old it was. And it was perfect because the camera caught there like, yeah, this place does need renewing. And <laughs> 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 so, uh, and it just, it was perfect time. So um, the dojo, so I used to stay at the dojo by myself whenever, especially when like at the beginning of the year after Tokyo Dome, you get two weeks off and everybody goes home. Everybody goes home and relax. Well, I was a young boy and they couldn't afford at that time. Business wasn't really that well. So they had me stay at the dojo and I would stay there by myself and it gets fucking lonely. It's a two story fucking place and it's dark as shit. And you don't have like, and at that time it was, it's winter. So it's cold as shit. And like the heater machine, you have to like crank it and just jumpstart the damn thing. Like it was made in like 19, you know, 82 or something. And, and so everything was just behind and i remember it was it was like i just probably 10 at night and i had i was laying in this bunk bed and there was boxes and boxes of anybody that's ever lived there in that room before like if they moved out they'll leave their shit they just leave it like boxed up and so my room was just boxes of old shit from guys that had stayed there in the 80s and 90s like i saw some of like kojima stuff you know, I saw fucking, um, I saw, who else did I see? Well, I saw Okada stuff too, but he, he was, at the time, he was in TNA, you know, so he was in TNA this, so it was 2010, 2011. So me and him shared a room, but he wasn't there. You know, I was there. And there was this fucking box by my bed that I never touched. It was old as shit. And I, it was 10 at night, and I was just laying there. And I was on the computer, and I was surfing, and I, and I like you hear things at night, you hear things at night, but you just, you hear cracks and you hear like roaches. It, it was old that I would have roaches climb all over me sometimes and I could feel it. You know, that's how old it is. You know, I'm telling you, this shit is straight out of the goddamn movies. And, and so you hear things and you just, out of, you just put it out of your head. The bed mattress is so like used up that I could feel the spring on my, on my back. You know, so you could hear every time you move, you're hearing the damn bed mattress go, you know, creaking. And you would hear like, like, like taps at night. But you, just, in my head, I've been in this kind of situation because I was in Iraq. I was in the military. They had rats and mice all over our dens and our dens and stuff. So you could hear. Uh, these are so you start filling things in to your brain. Oh, well, I don't believe in ghosts, so it has to be a mice running around. And then. A but there was a box there, uh, like it was at the, all the way at the bottom of other boxes, and you, I heard like, I heard the phone. There was 
well, I didn't know it was a phone. It was, I just heard like a ringing. And I, I kind of was like, okay, I don't have a phone. You know, I'm new in Japan. I don't have no phone. I don't have nothing. And I'm like, and it goes, keeps going off. And I'm like, okay. So, and then, and then it stops ringing and just vibrates. So, all right. So I go start going and I like trace the, the vibration to the box and it's, it's at the, the bottom. So I move all these other boxes and I go start going through it. Right. And as I got closer to it, it like, I swear, right when, when I got down, I moved all these things, this paper, this like fabric. And right before I got to it, it stopped. It stopped making fucking noises. And, and then and this, it was just like flip phone. It was a flip phone that was in there. So I grabbed the flip phone. There was nothing else in it. It was under this fabric. And I opened it up. And there was nothing. It was just like, you know, when you open up a, like a, like a phone that's not on, it's just like you see this. It's not even great. It's just off. It's off. So I opened it up. And there's nothing. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And I, I've been there now for a year. And that box has never moved. Um, there's nobody. There's nothing. And then it does that. And I, and I, I don't. I have no explanation for it. So I freak out. I, I, I kind of like okay. I start talking to myself, but I said it out loud. I said okay, okay, all right. I know you're here. So, and I said that out loud. You know, and I just to kind of like it was. It was. I was trying to do anything to kind of like calm myself. I said you know, and I said I know you're here. All right. All right, cool. And I went and laid back down, and I put the, the sheets over me, these smelly-ass old sheets, and then I just, I just laid still. I closed my eyes. I was like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I just that's what I was trying to tell myself, kept repeating it, just to go to sleep and just block out anything. And that's, that was the only time. But I had been alone in that room all week because it was in the middle of the two weeks that everybody had gone home. And I was the only one at the dojo for two weeks straight. I was the only one two story house, dark, cold. That was my experience. And no one could tell me any, uh, anything else. Cause <laughs> I, I, that's to me, it was believable. There was nothing else. I, I know what I was. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't like, <laughs> I was coherent as fuck. And, 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 and I, you know, I wasn't dreaming because, you know, I was scared shitless and, and I was awake because, you know, I was homesick. Everybody was at, everybody's at home and I was, young. they didn't send me home. You know, they didn't, it was, I was doing my, I was paying my dues. So from that moment, like I've had experiences in my life, but that was the one that, that made me realize, okay, there's something else. And, and do I say haunted? I don't know if it's haunted, you know, I won't say that, but there was somebody or something or that, that was, that was the, some kind of ah, energy or. Yeah, it's an encounter. You had an encounter. encounter. Yeah. Encounter, you know, but, but I'll tell you, I've never had, uh, there was nothing else after that. The other boys have told me stories like uh, Watanabe or evil. You know, we, we, we were the dojo together. He told me that he saw, he saw a little girl. Father told me he saw something. You know, he said he, he looked under his bed and he saw a face and he freaked out. And, and, and so, you know, and it, oh. I, I, uh, you know, we can go into some spiritual shit, but I don't want you guys to think I'm crazier than I already am. So, 
you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll just leave that at, at that, you know. <laughs> so that's that absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, because if it was, yeah, I, I just don't know. I feel like that's got to be one of our long-term projects is we just get as many New Japan guys from the dojo to tell us their ghost stories as possible. Yeah. So we, have, we, yeah. Have, we will have the collection here on the island. I'll, I'll tell you, after that night, though, mm. I started drinking. Like, before yeah. I went to oh. I would have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, after that night, I would go and buy me, like, what they call a chuhai, which is, like, 9% alcohol. And I'd swig that till I was, like... I'm good. I'm going to bed. Ain't nothing going to wake me up. Even some phone ringing, you know, so, so you know, but it scared me. It, you know, it, it, it showed me, I don't know. I, it, it just made me like, okay. Question my, my existence in that room, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my ghost story. That is my ghost story. Damn. It did, not, yeah. it did not disappoint. Phantom flip phone is like, that's the title right there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anybody else? All right, who's next? Next. Talk to me. Talk to me. I got you guys all stunned right now. I got ghosts all behind you right now. Who's got the hand up? Who's got their hand up? Let me. Oh, you. shit. All right. OC Steve, talk to me. So uh, you mentioned in that interview that there was always like somebody that was on call like one of the young boys for yeah. like all the senpais. So I was just kind of wondering, you've been in the military, you've kind of probably dealt with hazing in your time. So it was yeah. like one of the most craziest things that you saw one of the senpais do to a young boy, yeah. just as general kind of like hazing or messing with them. Um, I saw them make one of the young boys, I'm not going to name him, you know, uh, but make him, uh, you know how when you bow, like get on your knees and you're like, you're bowing on your knees. Uh, he made one of the young boys get on his knees at 8 a.m. in the ring and had him on his knees like he was in a bow position and stayed that like that from 8, 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. at night. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was like, you know, yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> these guys don't play. They, they made guys sleep under the ring overnight instead of like in their room. Like if they, you know, they'll make them go under the ring and sleep there. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some there's some shit, <laughs> or just like a goofy one, you know, like you know, <laughs> you know I mean that's like like legit like scary hazing, but you know like, like <laughs> that wasn't good enough, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like a funny one, like that's like that's like you know way out there. Um, um, you know, you know, they make them take off their pants and go run throughout the whole neighborhood, you know, but butt naked. <laughs> we went from like harsh to like the paradigm shift, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that, you and know, I'm pretty sure nobody wanted Suzuki. Yeah, you know they 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 you know uh, the hazing they've made like one of that same guy that they put they had him go on his knees because he, he was we called him Captain Fucked Up Fuck Up you know because he just fucked up all the time mm -hmm. and uh, they made him take off his pants and run around the whole like our whole entire block in front of all neighborhoods butt naked you know so <laughs> but that's but you guys understand too like. Being naked in Japan is nothing. <laughs> that's, that's nothing. Because they all shower together. Like, bathhouses is, like, real. <laughs> that's, like, you know, at first when I went to a bathhouse and all the dudes, I was like, oh, shit. All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to tiptoe here. Let me hold my towel right there. <laughs> you know, but not, but that, it's not a big thing. Like, that. In, only in America, like. You know, all the prudes came back in the fucking medieval days and came and made America. That's why nakedness is like a big fucking thing. You know, but in Japan, that's, you know, respect, you know, 
respect my 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 nakedness and that's it <laughs> it's important for good fits you can't either yeah. the towel gets in the way sometimes <laughs> but yeah so they made him run around you know and it, everybody laughed there's other things too but i mean it's it's at, at the end of the day you know it's not it's not so bad like the drinking the hazing like don't make the boys drink don't make them drink till the boys pass out. So some of the boys play along. They're like, oh, after like one beer, they'll be like, oh, I'm so messed up. And they'll try <laughs> to act like they're all drunk. You know, you play the game. You start learning to play the game of the, of the hazing, you know. But, you know, that's just part of the game over there. Right on. Yeah. I hope that was better than my other <laughs> And that's a wrap. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us here on Thomas Island. Okay, now, as we finish this up, please, please don't forget, go in, write a review, five star, you know, keep the four and three, two, one stars to yourself, but give yep. us the five stars, okay? Yep. Help us, help you create better content, keep us going to entertain you fans, huh, Russ? That's right. It was a blast talking to you, Tama. This was, this was a great time. Please head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, rate review again and if you give us a five-star review give us a five-star rating and you give us a good review and you take a screenshot of that and send it over to uh thomas tomatonga patreon at gmail.com you might be entered to win some pretty spectacular prizes next week like i said next week we're going to be picking two people maybe even three who knows how many people we're going to pick get your screenshots in get your ratings in get your reviews in uh, also, next week, we're going to be talking with Tama about the art of tag team wrestling. And if you want to hear that conversation a week oh, earlier, yeah. then head on over to Tama Tonga's Patreon. Subscribe to that tourist tier or above. You'll get not only the podcast a week early, but you'll also get access to the happy hour hangouts where you'll be able to grill Tama on anything that your mind, uh, any any place that our conversation on tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah. And let me dive deep into those questions. All right. Answer deep. Deep. He, goes, deep. he goes so deep. He goes so deep that he <laughs> apologizes. We just, we just let him. Patreon.com slash Thomas Island if you want to subscribe. Uh, also remember at Thomas Island on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter. Tom, where can people find you on the socials? Oh, just come look for me somewhere. I'm in there somewhere. Dive deep. Find me, all right? Thomas Tonga, the good bad guy. Something. Just look me up. You'll see me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.